Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. There's so many different things you could be doing today. Do you realize that? But when the people of God gather, how many of you know there's nothing impossible for our God? Amen. That when we, there's nothing like gathering together and praising and acknowledging and worshiping and magnifying our God and lifting our hands to heaven as we gather corporately and we say, we're here for you, Jesus. Amen. It's all about you, God. Amen? Amen? And so that's what we do. Week in and week out, we gather together to worship the living God. Amen. You know that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Everything Velocity Church stands for, it's centered on God's word, all focused to leading people closer, connecting people to Jesus. It's everything we do here at this church. It's all about Jesus. That's the, he is the center of every decision, everything we do, and we want people to come to know Jesus. Amen? And our prayer is that our church would go out into this world all right, our church would leave these four walls and we would go out and we would carry that message and we'd be a witness and we'd share the good news of Jesus in our lives and the way we live our lives. And I'm so excited because today we're starting a brand new message series on worship. Now, worship, this is such a big topic, okay? We're going we're gonna to be focusing on worship over the next four weeks here together. And, uh, and my prayer and my hope is, is as, we, as we study God's Word and just what His Word has to say about what worship is, and as we see a picture of what, what acceptable worship is, that we, when we gather, we would be reminded we're here to worship the living God. And it's not just confined to a Sunday morning in this room, but it's a part of our everyday lives. It's a part of, it's a part of our everyday lives, wherever we find ourselves. If I were to ask you, what is worship? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? A big, broad, open statement like that. What is worship? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Most people, the first thing that comes to to their mind is, well, that's the songs that we sing before the message, right? And it's, it's partly true, right? Because yes, that is a part of our worship. The songs that we sing, and we learn throughout scripture, we learn throughout God's word that that we do worship in that way. We worship through songs. We worship through singing. We worship through lifting our hands and, and surrender to our God, right? The Bible tells us that, to, to lift holy hands and, and, and surrender to our God and singing songs and shouting for joy and to shout with the voice of triumph. Do y'all, do y'all remember? How many of y'all remember that old school song, Shout with the Voice of Triumph? Yeah. I think it was just called Shout, right? Y'all remember that? Yeah. Some of you? Shout. With a voice of triumph. Come on, do y'all remember that? Are you going to make me sit here and awkwardly break this down for y'all or what? Like, come on, I expect you to get into it. Come on. Y'all remember that song? Shout with a voice of triumph. Because God's word, right, it teaches us, yes, to shout, to sing praises to God. And so singing and music is part of our worship, but it's not exclusively. That's not all worship is. How many of you know that worship is not confined to a genre on our Spotify playlist. Now, we live in 2023, and, you know, humans' best ability trying to organize things and figure things out, you can go on Spotify, you got your, you got your hip-hop playlist. And then you got your, you know, old-school playlist, you got your country playlist, and your worship playlist. 
right? But it's not confined to a genre. That's not all that worship is. And I think if we're not careful, we can kind of categorize the idea, this big overarching idea of what worship is, and we try to simplify it and kind of break it down to be just that part of Sunday morning. Those are the songs we sing. And it's a part of it, right? But worship is, is more than just that. How many of you know that worship, it's a posture of your heart? It's deeper, right? It's a posture of the heart. It literally means to bow down or to bend your knee in submission. It's surrender. It's submitting before the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to start here. If you brought your Bibles, you can turn there. It'll be up on the screen as, as well. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God. Now, don't miss that. It's only by God's mercy that we can do this. It's by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual, reasonable, some uh, translations say, worship. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So when we come to the altar of the Lord, we present our bodies, we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice, meaning this, that Worship is, is a part of the life that we live. Worship is the life I live unto God. And it's, it's offering my life as a living sacrifice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live my life unto you, God. And every decision I make, God, it's going to be unto you. And it's a submission. It's a posture of our heart. It's the way we are choosing to live our life. And so he, here's the big idea today. I want you to grab a hold of this. Is, is number one, you and I were made to worship. You were made to worship. Let me take it a step further. Every human being on this planet was created to worship. Did you know that? Every human being was created to worship. Here's the question. The question is not whether or not you worship. The question is what or who are you worshiping? There, there's, there's no question on whether or not you worship. The question is what or who are you worshiping? right? It's not confined to just singing songs, but re realize this, that unintentionally there are people who are, who are worshiping. They don't even realize they're worshiping, right? Here's what Romans says. I want you to see this. And I want you to just, as we read Romans 1, 21 through 25, I want you to read this in light of the world we live in, okay? It says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, listen to this, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped, and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Now, when we read the Bible, we don't just take our modern mind to the Bible and say, I need this Bible to conform to my thinking. That's not what we do. We read God's Word in the truth of what God's word is, and that becomes the lens in light of God's word, we look at the world around us and go, okay, let me make sense of this now, what's happening, right? I can't help but read Romans here 
and look at the world we live in, it's like, that's the world we live in today, right? They claimed to be wise and became fools. They exchanged uh, the truth about God for a lie. That's, that's what's happening right now. Exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And the response out of that is worship. They worship, served created things rather than the creator. You need to know this. People still worship created things today. People worship. What does this mean? This means like we exalt things that are created over the creator. And let me, let me just say this too. It's not even necessarily always bad things inherently. It's just things sometimes that are not in their proper place. And so let me get, I'm going to give you some examples. Sometimes people, they worship the approval of other people. Literally, they worship the approval of other people. Have you ever heard of a people pleaser? It's like, I don't want to rock the boat. I can't say anything that's going to upset them. And, it, and it's like, I, I just want to make sure we're all good. And, and you worship the approval of people over the approval of God, right? Some people, they worship money. Some people worship status. Some people worship an addiction. Some people worship the barbecue pit on the Sunday mornings on a game day or sports. Okay? Like, like, seriously, think about this for a moment, right? Some people worship their flesh. Some people worship their kids. It's quiet. I'm going to say it again. Some people worship their kids. And, and here's what you need to know is... When, when it becomes the priority, like, my kids have to do this, they have to be this, they have to be that. And in doing that, we take our kids out of the house of the Lord, right? We teach our kids, the first response is, we gather to worship God. That's the first response. But there's a culture of literally, if we're not careful, worshiping our children, exalting our children over the Lord, when the Lord needs to be the center of that relationship. The center of that relationship. Amen. Amen. Some people worship other people. Think about this for a moment. Literally. Like, it kind of flows with uh, the approval of others, but when you're, when you're so concerned about like, I don't want to make them upset, you begin to like give on some things and you begin to kind of just go, I'm going to let that slide, right? Because uh, you know, I guess I'm going to think this way too. I guess I'm going to talk this way. I guess I'm going to believe this way because I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to uh, upset people, right? So we got to be careful, like really think about, am I exalting something over the Lord? Like this is the God of heaven and earth we're talking about. This is the God of all creation. Amen. This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords we're talking about here this morning. Jesus is to be at the center of every one of those things. Those things aren't, aren't bad, right? Those things aren't, aren't nothing, most of those things I mentioned aren't inherently bad. But when we exalt those things before God, when we create idols, okay, in our lives, and we exalt those things before the Lord, and we put those things on their throne, right? And God's kind of on the back burner over here. And, and, and we, we begin to live a life like that. We've got to take a step back and go, hold on a second, we're created to worship the king right? Everybody's created to worship. We're all created to worship. And here's, here's the truth today. And we've, we've mentioned this many times in church, but it bears repeating. If you aren't living your life 
led by the Holy Spirit. You're living led by an unholy spirit. Like, let's just be very, very clear about this here today. There's no middle ground. If you think that these, these, these choices I'm making, I'm leading my own life, you're fooling yourself. You're not. You're not leading your own life. If you're not living empowered and led by the Holy Spirit, you're giving your life to be led by an unholy spirit. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, I love this picture. You can turn to your Bibles. You brought your Bibles there. Because as we, as we really open up this, this series here today in, in worship, I couldn't think of a better place to start than what is worship going to be like in heaven? Have y'all ever asked that question? Wondered that? Like, what's it going to be like when we worship in heaven? I remember as a kid, you know, there were always these, these pictures and these ideas they would try to portray, like, what's it going to be like when you go to heaven? And as a kid, I got to be honest, I was like, that doesn't sound that fun. <laughs> Can I just be honest? I was like, wow, that's it? Like, really? Like, okay. Because, you know, people's attempts of trying to explain something, right? But, but there's such a beautiful picture we get here, Revelation chapter 4, and it's John he is isolated on an island, and he gets a glimpse. This is such a cool thing. Gets a glimpse. The doors of heaven open, and he sees what worship in heaven will be like. Now, remember, as we read through this, a lot of this you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, what does this mean? What is this saying here? You know, these creatures and all these different things. Realize John is seeing something that he is trying and empowered by the Spirit to do it. And he is trying to put this together the best he can and kind of make sense of what he's seeing go on here. So Revelation chapter 4, so what it says. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. If I were to ask you today, what's the first thing that comes to your mind in 2023 when I say a rainbow? What's the first thing that comes to mind? It's interesting that at the end, Jesus is surrounded by a rainbow. Because what the devil tries to steal and what he tries to twist Jesus is going to take the rainbow back in the end. Uh, it's, it goes on to say, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with gold crowns on their heads. For the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. For all of you who are like, it's too bright. The lights are, I don't like it. Well, look at heaven. There's flashes of lightning. Those subs are really loud. Well, get used to it. Okay, thunder, right? This sounds like some serious production going on in heaven, okay? This irks religious people. I can't tell you how many times in, you know, in church and especially in worship, it's never right for everybody. The music's too loud. Might have been a little loud today. Let me just be honest. Uh, or it's too quiet, right? Or that frequency just pierces. Here's the good news. This is a little convicting, but we're not here to worship people. That's the good news, Right? We're not here to worship the approval of people. We're here to worship the Lord. So when we lift up a sound to heaven, right, we're singing our praises to God, to the one on the throne. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Yeah, we see flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. And listen to this. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Now the seven torches, right? We see a fire. That's a representation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is present. He goes on to say, And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first like a lion, the second like an ox, the third with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. What do they do? They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive Glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Isn't that powerful? There's a lot going on there. Some of you are like, what's all these creatures, all this and that? The 24 elders is a representation of departed saints. And as they, this is such a beautiful picture, I want you to see this. As they kneel before the throne, what are they casting down? Their crowns. And those crowns represent all the achievements, all of the successes, all of the you know, all of the things in life, it's like, look what I did, look what I did, but before my king, I'm going to take that crown off and I'm going to lay it at his feet. And what do they say? Worthy are you, our Lord and God. How many things have you worshiped that are not worthy? I know this is a, this is a, it's kind of a convicting question for us, right? How many things have you worshiped that aren't worthy? Because when you see Jesus one day in all his glory, your only response will be, worthy are you, Lord. Worthy, worthy are you and you alone. We see three things here. I just want to, I'm going to break this down. In heaven, number one, worship is in the spirit. You see that the Holy Spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is literally the worship leader in heaven. Okay, this is so powerful. Yeah, as, P, as, as we're worshiping, as we're singing praises, right, which we're going to get to in a second, the Holy Spirit is there, right? We see that the Holy Spirit is present. The second thing is, what does John hear? Singing and music, right? So songs and music, people are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? And the music, I love what Psalm 33 says. Psalm 33 says, shout and rejoice in the Lord, if you want to have a good idea of, of what worship is, it's that. It's, it's rejoicing in God. It, it's, it's like this overabundance of joy because of what God has done in my life, what Jesus has done in my heart that I can't help but just shout. I can't help but just rejoice in God and in the things of God, right? And that's, that's this picture of worship. It also goes on, it talks about music in, in Psalm 33. It says to play the harp and the lyre. Now, any of you guys know how to play the harp in here? Because we got a spot for you up here on Sundays. If, if you can break the harp out and get to going, you know, and, or the lyre, right? But those would have been popular instruments. You know, the psalmist David played the harp. That's why I love David so much because uh, David, he was a man after God's own heart. He was a mighty warrior and he could also sit down and play the harp. And he worshiped the Lord. 
right? And he knew, he knew what worship was. He would sing, you know, just out of, out of, out of his heart. It was just this, this posture of his heart that would just come out and cry out to the Lord. And that's what we do week in and week out when we gather here. We sing songs. We lift our hands, right? And the third thing we see here very clearly is surrender. As they cast their crowns before his throne, kneeling before the throne. When we worship, you might come into church and you see people lifting their hands. You're like, why are they lifting their hands? Well, the Bible tells us to lift our hands, but it's a sign of surrender. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, you're so good, God, and, and all I can do is just lift my hands as a sign of surrender to you and just say, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're with me. It's just a, this internal expression of gratitude that just leads to an external action of just thank you, God. Thank you. And people kneel down before the Lord, right? And just get before God. And this is the picture we see. It's a sign of submission. It's a sign of surrender. You know, in Timothy, and I can't remember the exact spot, but Paul is teaching Timothy and um, he, he says that for the men to lift holy hands, for the men. Now, a lot of times in the Bible, we hear men, we hear mankind, and it's like, well, this, this is for everybody. But he specifically in this one spot, he calls on the men to lift holy hands. And I, I, just, I just wonder, and sometimes I think in worship for men, it's like, you know, well, this feels very vulnerable, right? This feels very, oh man, like, you know, I'm a tough guy, right? And this feels very vulnerable. But it's interesting to me that he, he calls the men to lift holy hands, because men, your, your kids need to see you worship the Lord. They, they need to see you vulnerable before the king because he's the headship over your life and, and you're the head of the family, right? And co-equal partners with your spouse, with your wife, but, but he's head over you. And, and so as we, as we worship him, it's like we come together and we're submitting before our king, you know, as a family. I love seeing families just worship God together. One of the most beautiful things you'll see is is, you know, a father and his and the wife and their kids just worshiping together. There's nothing more beautiful than that. There's nothing that just slaps Satan more in the face than seeing that, okay? There's nothing that just takes the devil out more than seeing a husband leading his family to the house of the Lord and just pressing in on Sunday mornings and worshiping together as a family. It's just, man, it gets me fired up when I see that. I, I, I love it so much. But they're singing over and over, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. When, when we gather here, the songs are, are the songs, right? And, and God will use instrumentation, not just emotionalism, but God will use these things, singing and worshiping. It's the vehicle to our worship. But it's a posture of your heart. And so when we gather here on Sundays and we sing songs and we, we lift up our praises to God, it's really like a moment where we need to go, I'm here to worship you, Lord. I'm here to lay it at your feet here this morning. And that's just something that you can do, you know, week in, week out. When we gather to corporately worship together, it's just say, God, I'm here for you. Just say a prayer, Lord, and focus on the lyrics, right? It's shouting out. It's praising our Lord. It's, it's lifting up his name. And it's, it's, it's a posture of the heart just crying out to God. And it's a very vulnerable thing, but it's a very powerful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. And it's what the Lord wants and it's what he deserves. Amen. I want you to know this here this morning that uh, you were made to worship. 
the world, every human being is made to worship. You, you are also created to stand in awe of God. You are created to look upon Jesus and stand in awe. So you're created to do. And have you ever been out like on a, on a ship out in the ocean or you look out and you see these big crashing waves and it almost looks like it's just endless? The ocean just goes on. And, and you see it and for a moment you're just like, wow, that's incredible. Or maybe like you, you, you're flying or you're flying somewhere and you're, you're coming into land, but as you, as you look out the window, you see all those little houses out there. You see all the little cars moving around. And you feel like when you see that, you just feel like, I'm pretty small, right? Oh, oh wow, this is like, I'm very small, you know? <laughs> or you ever look up at the stars at night and you just see just the beautiful stars and you're just like, wow. I remember as a kid talking to my dad about this, just being like, looking at the stars in the sky and being like, where does it end? And he's like, you know, God never had a beginning. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and as like a pastor's kid, a PK, you go to sleep at night going, God never had a beginning, right? Whoa, that's wild, right? It was like, wow. But have you ever just looked at God's creation and you're just like, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you looked off the, you know, the, the Grand Canyon or wherever you were and you just felt that, oh, wow, wow. That, that, I believe that is a tiny glimpse of an inward desire for you to look upon your creator. It's just, a, it's just a tiny little bit of what you were created to do, to stand before God and just go, wow. And I, I want to end today with this, with Zephaniah 3.17. This is, one of my, this is one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. And as I read this to you, I just want you to sit back and just just internalize this. This is incredible. Okay, this is so powerful. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. You know, you know what that's saying? The Bible tells us that one day you see Jesus face to face, and you'll hear Jesus Christ sing over you. Wow, just kind of sit back for a moment. Like, can we, can we fathom that? Probably not, right? Not really. But just imagine. You'll look in the face of your creator. You'll see Jesus face to face. And you'll hear Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, in all his glory, sing over you. That just just makes me feel in awe just for a moment. I'm just like, wow, what's that moment going to be like? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. There's no words I could do to give it justice. Me reading this, I'm like, I can't even do this justice, just reading it. I just, I just read it and you just, gotta, you just gotta know it. This is the truth of God's word. We're called to worship Jesus. We're called to surrender we're called to bow before the King of Kings. We're called to cast the crowns that we wear that represent all of our successes down before him, before his feet. And we're called to worship the living God. Amen. Amen. And so I just, I just want to close with this, that when we worship and wherever you're at, right, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to just be here, right? Worship is... It's wherever we're at, we can worship our God. It's, it's whatever 
we're doing in our lives. It's, it's the way we live our lives unto God. It's the way we live our lives unto him. That you would stand in awe of him. That you would have a, you, you, you would have a holy fear of the Lord. That there would be a reverence of when we sing to God, he is the king of kings, he is the Lord of lords. He is God. He is on the throne. He is in charge, and I'm not. It's his way, right? He's the king. And, and the, the, I mean, the least I can do is praise him for what he's done, right? The least we can do is have a heart of gratitude and say, I'm going to worship you. I'm not going to worry what these people think. I'm not going to worry what these people think because I'm not here to worship people. We're here to worship you, God. We're here to give you glory. We're here to give you all the honor and all the praise. Amen. Would you go and stand to your feet with me here this morning? And Emma, would you come up here real quick? And Michael, would you come back up? We're going to close out and we're going to sing the last song, uh, Goodness of God. And um, we're just going to continue on in worship here this morning. We're going to sing this song. We're going to close this out. And, uh, and then Pastor Arthur is going to come up and, uh, and, and dismiss and release this. But as we sing this, and as we sing this last song, I, I pray that you would just, you'd open your heart. You, you, would, you would take a step in faith uh, to give God all the praise and all the honor that he deserves here this morning.
Cast away your confidence, which has a great reward, for he who promised is what? He's faithful. We're going to end here. We're going to close here. We're going to be dismissed in prayer. But when I was sitting there thinking about this wonderful message that sometimes in life, I think sometimes we can get offended with God. And it causes us not to worship God because we get offended with God because he didn't do exactly the way we had the plans and script of our life. We handed it to him and said, Here, here's my plans, here's my script, now go with it, Lord. But don't ever charge God foolishly with things that are bad that happens in your life, setbacks, disappointments. Just keep looking up. Amen? For it wasn't for the Lord, where would we be? He's the one that pulled us out of that pit, right? Reached out with his right hand. He loves you looks after you we don't see the big picture he does so just put your trust fully in him let's be dismissed father we thank you lord for your word this morning lord i thank you went out on good ground lord i thank you that your word can transform our minds change our thinking to thoughts of yours because your ways are so much higher than our ways your thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts father i ask that you continue transforming us keep hearing your word keep revealing yourself by your holy spirit let the spirit of truth always teach us help us leave out here going forward thankful for you lord for it wasn't for you if it wasn't for jesus christ dying on the cross where would we be? We praise you. We give you blessing. Help us to be a witness for you this week, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Love you, church. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.